Welcome my beautiful friends, brothers and sisters on this infinite journey that we share now as human beings. I am joined by my friend Dre, who's going to share with us a lot, a lot of things that I've wanted to reach out to someone specifically about. So Dre is a, is a channel for higher source consciousness. He embodies the throat chakra of expression and has done a ton of inner work to bring himself and purity to us today on Monk in the Mountain. Thank you for joining us today, Dre. Thank you, Brandon. Absolutely. So let's just like get started with um, talking about like how you got involved in the path and maybe like where you came from beforehand. Was it always like a spiritual calling to you or did you, were you raised in, in religion and then kind of made that conversion in yourself? Yeah, you could say that um, I grew up as a Christian. Mm-hmm. But it was very loosely based in my house. So it was like we were Christians, but we weren't the type to be in church, you know, every other day of the week. It was uh, more so like we just did it when we felt that we needed to, you know, receive that information from a source. And uh, But as time went along, you know, my family kind of, as me and my, uh, I grew up in a house with uh, my mother and my uh, younger brother. So it was just the three of us. As we got older, it was kind of the thing of she kind of let us figure that part out on our own and make our own decision uh, as far as religion or how we wanted to go about our faith and what faith we wanted to practice. And, you know, I'm truly grateful to her that she didn't impose whatever um, her will that she thought for our lives would be in that area. So for a little while, I kind of fell off of the whole faith and um, just kind of went through life as a you know young adult trying to figure it out. I came into the uh, psychedelic realm mm-hmm. at the age of about 23, I want to say 23, 24. And that's kind of really what started kicking up my um, spiritual side of things and making those connections between spirituality and religion kind of started around that time. Yeah, that's awesome. And which psychedelics was it for you that that gave you the breakthrough? Honestly, for me, um, I don't know why, but uh, I would say LSD for me was like a heavy, heavy influencer. I know most people say you should start off with mushrooms or everything, but just I had a calling to that. For me at the time, it was cheaper and the experience lasted longer. So for me, it was like a no-brainer as far as like what I could learn and the time span and the money spent. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Uh-huh. It's cool. No judgment here. Absolutely not. And LSD is a very powerful uh, hallucinogenic that can definitely bridge the gap of connection to things and, and let, sure. you see, let you see more of kind of like what's right in front of you, which is basically what the spiritual path is about, is seeing more, having more awareness, cultivating more awareness. And I enjoy, um, if I'm going to use a psychedelic for my spiritual growth, I prefer uh, psilocybin over LSD, only because what I've learned in meditating with both is that LSD is really powerful for the outer experience and it can connect you in that way. But the psilocybin really accelerates like the meditation aspect of it in that like the inner vision, the vision quest that you kind of go on when your eyes are closed. Yeah. So 
but all all roads lead home, you know, and uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, sure. it's awesome. So one of the questions that I've been dying to ask somebody, and I'm so glad you're here to represent this community, is I want to know how to bridge spirituality with the community of people of color and how to bring in healing to that community that has been just held back and subverted for so long. And now with the, the oncoming of all of the spiritual awakening across the world, I don't want any community to be left behind. And as a, a Caucasian white American full of privilege and, and you know, everything that came with, with my own lineage, I don't have like the inner view to know how to do that. And I know that's a crazy question. You know, I know that that is a super crazy setup question, but <laughs> after listening to your work, after following you for almost a year now and the conversations that we have, I feel like you would be a wonderful ambassador to kind of bridge that gap. How do you feel about that? For sure. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's a heavy one, no lie. Um, it, it, you know, just because it's so, it's, it's a big thing to tackle. You know what I'm saying? For and sure. I, um, for sure, I can see it, you know, being a melanated man. Um, there is not a lot of us, especially um, as far as, my experience has been, I've, I've seen more, you know, start to, as we all have become um, more spiritually aware and things like that. And like you said, this massive um, spiritual awakening that's been going on across the world. I have seen more melanated individuals, but it's been like online based, you know, um, I see a lot more things on TikTok and things like that. But as far as in my day-to-day real life, I don't come across many uh, motivated uh, men specifically. I would say uh, more so, I mean, it, you know, there's not a whole lot of us that I've experienced um, on both sides, but I would say the females uh, generally uh, tend to go down that road a little bit more than males, or at least that, uh, from my experience, what I've seen earlier. Yeah, it's 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 a difficult thing to tackle. You know what I'm saying? I think it does stem from just lack of self-knowledge. I think it definitely stems from people not really understanding uh, what religion's place is supposed to be. I think uh, Christianity, not that I'm blaming it at all in any way. I think, like you were saying earlier, all roads definitely lead to home, especially if you keep an open mind about all um, the different religions. They all have a place in consciousness and, and the whole thing of it. Um, so I would say, I think it really just starts, man, with that, you know, really got to, for me, I did a lot of isolation. I did a lot of separating myself when I was going on my spiritual journey. I went, did a lot of inner work. And for me to be successful at that inner work, I did it by myself for the majority of it. Like I just kind of left the world, sort of went on this like nomadic journey where I left behind the careers, I left behind the jobs, I wasn't really interacting with my family that much. And I really just immersed myself in myself and the world around me without having the societal pressures upon me. I kind of, so to speak, went to the woods <laughs> to, you know, 
really truly learn what you know and ask the big questions why are we here what is my purpose you know what do i have to offer this world who am i all these sorts of things and i think in our community um as a melanated person we get caught up on looking outside ourselves for the answers or looking to other communities to help guide us and we don't really have that communication with each other i think we're very separated as far as everybody's kind of doing their own thing and that can be helpful to some degree but we are in my opinion connected you know everyone is connected so i feel like that piece for our community has been lacking the the, the communication the connectedness seeing that we are all one and i think as melanated people definitely um that connection has been tethered or separated i should say and there's been a disconnect and for me i feel like it just starts with um you know mending that by first understanding ourselves and then from there realizing that you know we are all a part of something that's bigger than us and that would be my answer to that Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I want to couple things. The part about you going into isolation to um, to pursue your own depth of, of knowledge and wisdom. That is like exactly what the monk on the mountain is about. And for, for anybody sure. who, who hasn't uh, been familiar with that on the show, the story of the monk on the mountain is of a, of a person that sought enlightenment within themselves and separated from society to attain <laughs> enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they had attained that, they saw that their people were still suffering. So they came down from the mountain to share with the people. And that's what you're doing. And, and that's what I'm doing. So I'm honored. Gee. Yeah. The other thing is, um, I've been blessed to meet people of like every demographic in the spiritual way, um, including people of color. But that's also because like, I'm fully out there. I'm like, teaching meditation classes and energy practices, going to different um, festivals and ceremonies or just engagements where people are open to that already. So it's allowed me from my mindset to see that like every single person of every single culture can truly have this. I do agree that women have an easier time a lot of times um, with the spiritual path. And I think that's because that they have the feminine energy is just so close to the heart. It is very open to loving and it's giving that deep love. It's also willing to receive love at a deep level. And the masculine mind and heart has been uh, more of like the doing of things and the more of uh, the creator controller sort of mindset. And like, if right. you're not in touch with the heart space, like all of your creations and all of your control will be done from an intellectual point of view. And that's limited to your intellect. As opposed to when you're in the heart center, you're, and like you said, you're connected to everything. When you're connected to everything and you have that deep love and reverence for all creation and, and all people, then all of your creations and doings will be in that way. And I just want to see it for everyone. And one of my goals is, is to find like the keys to unlock that within all of our culture, something across the board that can really uh, bring people home. I live in, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, I see it all, <laughs> um, everything, everything you can imagine, the light, the dark, everything in between. And I just, I want to find ways to, to help. And I want to start gearing 
uh, my offerings more to be, I don't want to say more inclusive because my offerings are absolutely inclusive, but more healing toward the wounds of specific cultures so that I can personally uh, channel through and hold the space of, of that healing. And it's a big task. I mean, like, we're just trying to do what we can as individuals for the collective. And uh, right. it's, just, it's wonderful to, to have you on the show and just kind of hear, hear your perspectives on things. So you have done a lot of work with your throat chakra expression. One of the things that I find about empowering the throat chakra is your courage to speak your truth fully, never to lie. In my experience and understanding, if you're lying about anything, it's showing a resistance to the happenings of all reality. And it's putting kind of a, a blockage between you and, and the reality that God and the universe has already set. What do you think? I, I agree. I agree, definitely. Um, for me, the biggest part of it all is learning how to flow. And that applies to all aspects of life. Part of uh, when I was on my... Um, Monk on the Mountain <laughs> uh, vibes. Um, I spent a lot of time near water. And that's where I would do a lot of my meditating. And to me, learning to be like water and fluid with just how you come across, how you look at things is very important, you know, to not have any kind of blockages. Uh, I feel like lying and just being unauthentic comes with more of the analytical mind. When you're just flowing and almost like in that proper state of mind where you don't really even have to think about it and source is just coming through, it, it's not even a thought that comes up when you're in alignment and you're flowing properly. That kind of stuff doesn't even happen. You know what I'm saying? So openness, like you're saying, the heart chakra, like I feel like water and the heart chakra definitely, you know, go together. And for me, that's just been a big thing. Water for me has been a huge helper of just staying in the flow, not being stagnant, you know, just letting things, whatever comes to my mind, I say my prayer and just, you know, I know that whatever I'm speaking is for somebody to help them go through a tough situation. Sometimes, it's it's like therapy for myself, you know what I'm saying? It's like me talking to me. If we're all connected and we all come from the same source, then it's like we're all reflections of each other. So that's kind of how I look at life. It's like everybody is a reflection of me in some manner. And I kind of look at it like that. So yeah. I don't know. No, you do. You're hitting it. And I mean, I think that there's there's so much wisdom in that. I've learned so much from water too. Meditating in the forest near streams or rivers, feel very mm -hmm. uh, at home in that. And I've learned so much from water. Like, like you said about when it's flowing and it's healthy, there's no thought. And when water stagnates, you know, it, it creates stagnation, build you know, yeah, build, build up. up, yeah, blockage. And just like a quick elemental uh, lesson for anybody listening the understanding of the elements within our human body, we have all of the elements within us, earth, fire, air, and water, and then the ether as well. And when we, sure enough, and when you ground the elements into your being, that is a way for us to uh, connect into our higher self 
and to see that oneness in all things. Water is nourishing and cleansing. It's also extremely powerful, even in, mm-hmm. in like in slowness. Like if you watch rivers, they'll carve through rock over their time. Mm-hmm. Just a drop of water on a stone over time will change the shape of that stone. And it's just, it's, it is a beautiful concept and, and something that people could understand more. Like when you take a shower, you know, feel like the cleansing nourishment of it. Or when you drink water, I always bless my water energetically. You know, I hold it and I, I channel energy through my hands into the water mm-hmm. of it to be healing. And then that water can take the shape and, and form and resonance of something that I want to put into myself. And that could be like healing and could be nourishment. And then once you harness those elements, like then the throat chakra can be more purified. Then the third eye can be opened. And it's like we intellectualize uh, spiritual concepts by thinking about them. But as you know, the experience of them is really where you get, you know, growth. So what are... Yeah, what are some of the disciplines that you use to cultivate that growth in your in your own practice in life? Some of the disciplines, interesting enough. Um, I spend a lot of time in nature. Personally, nature, just Mother Earth, has been my biggest teacher of most of the things I know. True enough, I have my intellectual side as well, but lately that has been improved just by you know, the element, I'd say the elementals for sure is a big thing for me. Um, like you said, fire, water, air, earth, all of those things are huge teachers. I believe they have been our first teachers here on this planet. And it goes into such depth, you know, each element just has so many variations of how it interacts with all the other elements. For me, meditation has been big, Um, just repetition of like, I go on a lot of, um, I call them spirit walks. And that for me is like been a way to mix the physicality of just like moving my body with the meditation. And that has been like a huge thing for me as far as like getting into a flow, getting into a rhythm and just... um, a lot of frequencies. I listen to a lot of like frequency music and like uh, shamanic drumming. For me, that's mm. like my heart center. For me, the drums, you know, as a melanated person as well, but drums for me really speak to my essence. And when it could be, you know, hearing a simple drum pattern for me, I'll just hear melodies in my head and things like that. So for me, a lot of my time spent with just in nature that's been like the you know something that i try to do daily is spend time in nature with one of the elements and just be open to receive what information they have for me that and then just the frequencies like i said frequencies and drumming and i try to do these things like my day-to-day and they've improved my life greatly greatly yeah yeah those are solid completely solid i mean being in nature physically, you know, all of the pollens and all of the fibers and all of it that are in the air when you're breathing that in, that alone is is beautifully connecting you to nature in a way that we don't necessarily get when we're in our cities. And it is very important to, yeah, to get out into, into nature. And 
I love that you said meditation is a part of it because to me, without meditation, like your foundation, it could be wobbly. You know, your foundation of self, like your state of being and the state of your mind, cultivate the strength in that through meditation. True so, enough, yes. Yeah. Now you also, you also do music. What is like the, the style of music that you do or, or is it like, you know, whatever is coming through? Yeah, I would say it's more spiritual based, uh, poetic based music, but um, I've been experimenting with a lot of different sounds recently. And it's just, you know, if it, if it calls to me to, to speak on it, I will. Before I got into, you know, spirituality pretty heavy, I would say most of my music was hip hop based just because my father is a, you know, a heavy uh, hip hop uh, advocate and just, he also um, has a poetry mind. He has um, a book of poems and he's um, performed at some of the poetry jams that we've had in uh, my city. Uh, they don't do them anymore, but uh, when I was younger, they had a lot of like poetry events where um, it would be like a contest and, you know, they'd have different artists to come up and share their, their poems. He has a collection of poems um, not quite published, but he's sitting on the material and that's kind of where I inherited the gift from, but he didn't have the spiritual aspect with it. So I kind of took that gift and went further with it. And, and that's where it is now. So, Yeah. And, you know, we stand on our ancestors, you know, they hold us up through all For of sure. the, everything that they did, all of it. I mean, the growth, the suffering, even like the generational curses that were passed down. And that, you know, we've, we were raised with, and then the part of us that recognized that we were going to make a change in ourselves for the future and, and for ourselves, you know, the mm -hmm. shamanic drumming thing is one of the, my favorite things to talk about sometimes because I heard, I heard a noise when I said it from you. Yeah. Uh, and the reason is because uh, shamanic drumming is an ancient practice and it's one that can mm -hmm. induce internal psychedelic states and also uh states of of deep transformation and uh, awakening of consciousness and you can combine that with with dance as well um the dancing mm -hmm. to the shamanic beats and and a lot of uh ancient cultures use that you know uh it, native native american uh african tribes like their shamanic musical drumming is is a staple in how they communicated with spirit and and the pathways that they used to open up, which is like, we also get that now in music, but there's just so much happening in the music. Like just the simplicity of the drum connecting to your right. consciousness is, is enough. And luckily, you know, we've had like some artists like kind of drop some knowledge, you know, knowledge isn't popular uh, in hip hop as much as like, we would love it to be, I think. Uh, right. But we we have artists um, out there that are that are doing the work, like Ken, Kendrick Lamar. I think that Kendrick oh, is totally sure. awakened, and uh, he's just like doing it like at the level where like it's not too much, but he's he's telling us, you know, right. I value I value a lot, and I think a lot of uh hip hop and and all lyrical um kind of as a platform is is evolving in that direction. I think conscious rap, conscious music is is coming up right now and it is enjoyable for those of us in the community. And you know, we don't mm -hmm. have to be like we don't have to be mainstream or hear our spiritual music on the radio for it to be uh very powerful and impactful for us as as individuals. 
And that's also the part about how you said before, um, like everybody, like we're, we're in this like water. And when you do something within yourself, it affects the state of all. And I think about that all the time. Like if you have a glass of water and you drop a piece of food coloring in it, you know, the whole water takes on like that food coloring. And the more amount of the color mm-hmm. that you put into that water, the, the more that that uh, water is going to reflect that color. And I always mm-hmm. think about it like in this collective, like you and I, like, and others like us and people listening to the show, we're dropping like a little orb of light into that. And that orb of light is like cleansing it, purifying it. And the yes, more that we indeed. drop that light into the into this collective uh, like liquid consciousness, the more it's going to brighten up. And now more than ever, we're at a spiritual war. And I don't like to use that term. I really don't because I don't like to uh, admit to to war and I don't like to play in conflict because part of my path is, yeah, part of my path and maybe yours as well is to not create suffering. But there is a war for our minds right now. Um, and that war is in our diet and what we consume as far as media, as far as who we hold in. All of it. Yeah, as peers and what we consume in, in our reading and our eating, all of it. And like what you said before about going inward to learning more of yourself, that is that is the, the pure diet. Uh, it's coming from within. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you've discovered of yourself or within yourself from your path? Man, uh, so much I've discovered. I've rediscovered uh, my love of dance. Me too. I've rediscovered art. I used to do art as a kid a lot, but, you know, as you get older, you kind of fall out of the whole creative space. I'd say um, as I've been doing this inner work on myself, just the creative just output that I now have is just on such a massive level. And it's so unique. The more inner work that I do on myself, I discover more about my creative side. Um, It's really quite interesting, really. Um, I've realized or, you know, gotten more into um, Egyptian culture and just Hmm. trying to, you know, tether back and just look through my Akashic records, you know, your DNA has information stored in it. And the more inner work you do on yourself, the more you're able to tap into this information that already exists inside every person. And so um, I'm my biggest teacher, (laughs) you know, and the more time you spend with yourself and sit with yourself and honesty, humility, and just with your heart open and your mind ready to see the more you will just, the answers will just appear. And that goes into the flow with the water as well. Like the more flow you are, things will just come to you. Things that you didn't know that you knew, but you've known this whole time. So um, definitely I've gotten into like hieroglyphs and it's manifested for me in a creative style where I now have my own style of art that I call like hieroglyphic space art. And it's just kind of been as I've been getting more into learning about myself and learning what I like and things like that, the things that pique my interest are, you know, things of the ancients, things of the ancient civilizations and, and just um, geometry and um the world, our world, of course, Mother Guy, and then other worlds, and then, you know, ether, space, all these kind of things. So all these 
components have started to bubble out in my art. And it's just truly amazing for me to see. And it just kind of happened to me one day as I was just staring at a blank piece of paper. I began to have no thoughts in my head, just a clear, open mind. And I began just like, I know there's some individuals that um, they do like automatic writing, I believe they call it, where they, you know, take a piece of paper and they channel and they channel in the form of, um, you know, writing. And um, that's kind of somewhat how my art style is, too. And so I'm able to like these downloads that I believe I've been getting and just being, you know, doing that work on your inner self, the information that my ancestors want me to know and source consciousness wants all of us to know, it just comes out on the page. And it's something like I've never seen any other art style that's even close. It has nothing. I mean, there are psychedelic aspects to it, but it's not even on a psychedelic level. It's truly like its own art form. It, it it looks like like space codes. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's fun to do for me. I do it in a um like a different highlighters and different colors, different things. And it's some of my stuff could be very simple, and sometimes it'll have messages like "Be kind to yourself" with a smiley face. Then you know, some different shapes. And then some of it is real, um, almost looks like coordinates, you know? So I have over like 200, maybe 300 uh, original art pieces that are all unique and not one is like the other, but they certainly have like a style that is mine to them. And I'm, you know, very happy that I'll soon be able to share that with the world on a on a high-end scale is where I'm going with that. Yeah. I'm checking out your art right now and it, it does look amazing and original and I love it. And like, uh, I'm big about like staring into art and allowing it to kind of like come into your system. And I feel like you have that, that style where like you can just peer into it and that, that becoming a meditation and that's really incredible, you know, uh, to to know more of yourself and then to become more of a creator. Because in my opinion and experience, like the more that we harness our aspect as a creator, the more happy we are. Truly, in, indeed. You know, the more wise we become, the more calm we become um, in our own existence. And also it just like we think that we know ourselves and then we get caught in a pattern of like, using what we think we know. But when you start to create new, you're learning about yourself at the same time. And then that Mm -hmm. becomes joy. And that part of the path is exciting and exhilarating. And it brings you into like, and just an excitement and an ambition to uh, pursue further into yourself. And when things Mm -hmm. occur like new art or music or sounds of your voice or dance moves, meditations, all of that just makes you feel so new and so you. And then you can bring that you into the world and into your own life. And you can see how you create differently from this new self that is now the person that creates this arc in there to channel oh, the muse. Did. Yeah. So when, when we channel the muse, it's like you are being controlled from a higher state of self like you're still in control 
but the expression of you is taking that fluid form. And it could happen yeah. in dance, in writing, in singing, and, and performing. All yeah, right. feeling all feeling all good. And I call I call that like the kundalini quiver when you gotta like move, <laughs> feel the it, the energy coming through you, and you just gotta like whip whip through that energy. One time I I was at work at one of the jobs that I've had, and I uh, had like a kundalini quiver, and uh, one of my associate managers uh, was like, "What did you like date a Brazilian?" I was like, "What? Like you just did like <laughs> a shimmy?" Yeah, I was, I was like, nah, I just, uh, since you asked, I have these experiences of energy that shoot through my spine and sometimes I need to wiggle. <laughs> maybe one day you'll know about that. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a beautiful time, I think, because so many of us are so willing to put our hearts out there, put our, our names on it, you know, put our reputations on it. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with it because we're coming from a deep place of love, a deep place of acceptance and reverence. What are some of the ways that you've changed positively? I mean, I don't think you've had any negative changes from it, but what are some of the changes that you've seen in yourself, maybe from like who you were before and some of the thought processes you, uh, that you had to now that you've integrated all of this conscious work into your life? Man, it's been like a whole... 360 for me. I've completely, it feels like the life I was living before I really started taking this stuff seriously and really fully immersing myself to learn who I was and change for the better. It seems like I'm a whole different person. Like at my core, I've always been a loving, nurturing, you know, giving person, but it's just been, you know, those things, those things, you know, at my core essence have been elevated tremendously recently. But who I used to be was a very short tempered person. I was unhappy going from job to job, just not really understanding or knowing what I wanted to do. I mean, I knew I had interest in music uh, here and there. Um, I knew that I, I did like to do things with film and, you know, in the art community, but I just didn't know what direction I wanted to take with any of it, you know, and I didn't want to just be in school or college just to be in school, just because that's what society was telling me that I needed to do. So I was at a, at a crossroads, man, before I became like fully immersed in like, okay, I need to figure out why am I here? What do I want to do? What is my purpose in this world? You know, and then the only answers that I had were to figure out how to get connected with my creator and, and the world around me the, the, the right way or the way that I hadn't tried previously. So it was like, yeah, before I was a whole different person, man. I was very shy. I was very uh, unsure of myself. I always used to crave friendship from people um, just because I was always kind of an oddball, you know, growing up. And I just didn't understand why I was like that. And, and I honestly kind of didn't like that about myself, that I couldn't just be, you know, quote unquote, a fake person and just, you know, be the guy that has a lot of friends just to, you know, be like that. It's just, I couldn't do it. And now I see it as like one of my strengths being someone who is unique and authentic to, to themselves and 
You know, I know the soul tribe is out there and I'll find them as I continue to grow and go along. But um, yeah, man, it's it's been a journey. It truly has been a journey finding yeah. myself and, and, and just, you know, coming back to the love, man. I was, like I said before, I was such a short tempered person and things didn't work out. I was I was heavily into my intellectual side, but the wrong way. I've always been like a smart person, but just things I would be good at things, but if the love wasn't in it, I would just, you know, be kind of like good at it and then drop it, you know, pick it up and drop it <laughs> type of thing. It's like I would start a lot of things but wouldn't finish them because I had no love in them. It's just like this is something that I can do and this seems like what everybody else is telling me I should do. So I'm going to just do it. And that would last for a while. And I've always been like a go-getter and a hard worker at anything I do. I, you know, I put my whole self into it. So I burnt myself out quickly at a lot of things that I did love, even if I was naturally good at them. So it was, I had to make a change for myself because I was going to end up just being a miserable person and i'm so thankful that the creator really like came back into me because it was a miserable life i was living before man before i realized that i needed to give that love to myself instead of always trying to give the love to people around me because i didn't know myself first and i truly believe that if you don't know yourself first you really can't help people the, in an authentic, true way. I mean, you might help them feel good for a moment, but it's, it's short-term gratification, and that's what it was. My batteries would always, before I really learned how to do what, what I do now, I'm, I would be drained all the time just because, you know, I'm a very loving, nurturing, caring person. So if I see somebody struggling, you know, I would want to, you know, help them out with their thing. If they had a business, it didn't matter if I cared about the business or thought that it would help somebody else or they were doing it for just reasons. It was just like, this is a person who I can see is really struggling and I care for this person. So let me do everything I can to help them. And it just led me to be used by people. And, and, and then I had no energy for myself. And that's how it was, you know, a lot of times before I really started getting in tune with myself. So now that I'm I'm here, I'm ready to help people properly by first understanding that it starts with self. Yeah. I resonate big time, especially about in the beginning wanting a lot of friends, but not really fitting in. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. though like may may have been like different sports that I played or groups that I was a part of. Like on paper. Like for every reason, it seemed like I should be like a, a part of that group, but mm -hmm. I was never fully like accepted. Uh, and honestly, I never really felt like I wasn't part of that group. I always felt like an outsider. And uh, mm -hmm. that's a, that's powerful. It's powerful to feel like an outsider. And when we're young, we're kind of taught that popularity is a thing. And even in our society, the popularity of celebrity is idolized. So, mm -hmm. you know, we mimic that as children. Um, and now more than ever with social media, people um, trying to become celebrity or trying to have like attention on a mass scale. Now through my awakening, I've learned that it's truly uh, quality over quantity. And the idea of friendship 
it has to be mutual in care. It can't just be where you care about somebody and you want to help them because like you said, it'll leave you drained. And I've experienced mm-hmm. that myself more than one time, even while being awakened, have still sure. dove into other people's suffering to try to help them and, and try to bring them up. And each time taught me that people can truly only save themselves. You can help mm-hmm. them. You can give them away. You can give them money. You can give them a place to live. You can give them all of the spiritual disciplines that you do. But if a person doesn't take that knowledge into themselves and, and actually experience it, there's not going to be true change in their experience. And what's going to happen is that relationship will become parasitic to you because it's not an equal mm-hmm. energy exchange. Sometimes the equal energy exchange simply comes from that person having growth. And then the nourishment that you get from that seeing and experiencing that person through God's eyes, that is so nourishing. It doesn't have to be reciprocated in the same way that you gave it out for it to be equal. It could be overly abundant sure just from, yeah, just from us uh, observing change and positivity in their life. And, and I think that there's a lot of good people, truly. I think that the world is made up of good people, wonderful, wonderful, beautiful people all over the world. We just mm-hmm. also have the other things going on, viruses of the mind, so to speak, playing itself out in the collective. And the, the horror and atrocity of that now needs to be overbalanced with, with the uh, recognition of the light within the recognition of the oneness and the wholeness and love that we carry and we develop through meditation and, and through connection to source and through our expression of self, all harmonize so that as we walk through this, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no <laughs> evil. I fear no evil, brother. I don't. Yeah. I do not fear evil because even evil is an aspect of all creation. And I, right. it's it's there just so we can reflect our light within it, you know, and Mm-hmm. I, I love the path. Uh, I do. It's changed my life. It's changed the lives of many people that I've met and had the opportunity to talk to. And now it's it's at the point for us to really hone in and and dedicate ourselves to our to our creations of self and and what we create through that in the forms of our works and in the forms of our thoughts and in the forms of how we we shepherd our brothers and sisters and even at a certain level. I've kind of had this experience. It's like when you get to a certain level of enlightenment and wisdom within yourself, a way to hold people in grace is to think of them as your children. Not in the sense that you need to control them or that you have power over them, but in the sense of perceiving their innocence in the same way you would perceive the innocence of a child. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't they hold them. They, do. they know not what they do. Please do not forsake them. And that's, that's why... That's why in a lot of religion, there is powerful, beautiful context that can be uh, assimilated and, and used. And I love I loved that you have all of this uh, within you. And I'm proud to share, share Monk on the Mountain and share you with my audience because I just want people to know that we're out here in all different shapes and forms and nationalities and creeds. And we're out here just trying to improve the quality of the collective and we've improved the quality of our own life first. So it's, it's that we are uh, sharing what has already worked with us. It's not just like a concept. It's like, this is what happened to me. And potentially this could happen for you in your own way through these simple aspects, like you said, of being in nature, meditating, harnessing the muse. It's, such, it's so obvious to me at this point that uh, I can never go back. <laughs> uh, even if I lost my uh-huh. whole memory, 
Like if I lost my whole physical memory, I would still have like what you said is are the qualities of like that love and that care. And Mm -hmm. that's how I, I feel about like our soul nature is in throughout multiple incarnations, we may lose the, the memory so that we can fully come into this lifetime. But the essence and the quality of our spirit and of our soul still, yeah, Yeah. it's still there. And it's still going to create then through the medium of your physical experience. You with me on that, right? Oh, yeah. I love you it. Preach it today. This is what we do. This is what we do. This yeah. is what we, uh, we, we're aiming for. And, and there's a reason because with, without people who have charisma and courage, mm-hmm. so many people won't receive the message. And if you look at throughout history, singular individuals have shaped the course of history numerous times throughout all history. Mm-hmm. Singular individuals. And for right, for better or worse, mind you, you know, not every individual who shaped history was like a loving spirit. I mean, that much is obvious. Look at the state of our world today. But moving forward, so many of us will shape the future and we are shaping the future through what we do within ourselves. Yeah, it's happening. So, Dre, what are some of the ways for people to find your work and what are some of the offerings that, that you have for the collective? Uh, well, right now, most of my content is online based. I'm gearing up to be similar to you going to these different festivals and events and doing live performances with the music, the art and dance all intertwined together. As in like part of it might be a song and then in the middle of the song while the instrumentation is still going. I might do, um, uh, based on the energy present, might do a uh, right on the spot art piece. The dance style that I've developed well is very uh, Hindu-like. So that's going to be incorporated with a lot of my uh, performances, but that's in that manner. But mainly right now, my stuff is online-based while I gear up for that. And that's all on Instagram and TikTok. And that's where you'll find those aspects in a pre-recorded format. Yeah. And, and that's um, Dre the Channel. Started, yes, Dre the Channel um, on Instagram and uh, TikTok. I'm also about to be doing personalized uh, art pieces. Because I feel like this art style that I have, this channeled art style, this hieroglyphic space art, can be used to help individuals with different trauma and just if they're needing, you know, a boost of something. I've I've been developing um, this style where it's on a person-to-person basis. So asking your collective um, if they would like a a hand-drawn or impromptu piece from me that I I do uh, offer that service as far as can you get you something that um, will help out your soul? You know what I'm saying? And just based off of just a few information pieces, their name, something like what what are your dreams or desires? Like, you know, little key things. I mean, different for each person, but I'm doing unique art pieces right now. Yeah, for, you are. And looking at your art. Like thank you, brother. Thank you. But looking at your art, I see sigil and I see talisman within it. And sigils and talisman are extremely powerful tools of, of transformation and they anchor in 
vibrational frequencies. So for anybody listening, when Dre does an art piece and he's channeling through his connection to your energy based on your request, you're going to receive something that is source aligned with your potential growth. And by gazing into it and meditating with it, you're going to receive that same source code that Dre was able to channel. And I want to offer this to you, Dre. I don't know if you're into this or not, but just looking, looking at your art and the way that you make it, I think that a really awesome medium for you would be to take this stuff and scan it and then laser print it onto sheets of metal. And then so Ooh. people, yeah, so people can have it in their shrine because I would love a piece of this art in, in like a, a, a like an aluminum, you know, like a sheet, a sheet of metal that I could put that right on my shrine. Yeah. And now that's something that, because your art is handmade, translating that into something that can be basically kept and, and having sigil and talisman, it immortalizes it. And I think that that mm-hmm. might be a way for you to, jump from taking it from the page and getting it into people's homes. What do you think? Sure enough. I appreciate that information. Uh, I definitely have been looking at ways to put it on um, different mediums and different forms. You know, I was even thinking about wood. Um, So definitely. uh, I appreciate that. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think about metal. Yeah. (laughs) Copper, (laughs) copper is cheap and it's an extremely valuable uh, alchemical tool. You know, it's conductive. And if you wanted, you could do copper, silver, and gold prints of your finest work, sell them at different, you know, values. And people could be buying your work. You could do something that's like source aligned for anything, healing, growth, and what have you. I love that you're channeling right now with your eyes closed, John. I love you right now. See, this is beautiful. Uh, I think it would be very special if I if I could have one of those pieces on my own on my own shrine, you know, like knowing that this came from a source aligned person and was created in I know it's not going to degrade over time. And, it, you know, metal is shiny and beautiful. We, we, us in the monkey mind, we love shiny things. So, right. you know, make your art shiny and immortalized and, and have it meaningful. And I mean, you could even press like gemstones into it. There's a whole world of stuff that you'll be creative about. I can't wait to see where this goes. But yeah, just oh, yeah. Like art. I thought that it would be really special to have one of those pieces, even if like, you know, like rectangular, like even this big or like, you know, like, like this size. However you want to do it, it could be pretty inexpensive for you to make that transition and still offer great value to the people that uh, purchase your work and also to the value of your life as well, because we have to find a way to sustain ourselves financially while going and giving everything that we have to the collective in all of its forms. I don't think that there's anything wrong with uh, making money and surviving and just eating and living, having shelter and food. Uh, based on your spiritual offerings, you know, I'm not oh, saying no. like we should just try to um, extort people or or anything to that degree at all. It's equal value, equal trade, energetic circuits. I think that would be cool for you. I appreciate that. That was that was wonderful. Yeah, you know, source. We're, you know, we're doing it all. <laughs> oh yeah, now, Dre. It's been so wonderful just talking to you and making making your friendship and and thank you for for rescheduling a couple of times to make sure that it, that it lined up. I want to ask you, if you had the whole world listening and you could give a message that could increase the quality of life for everyone, what would you say? I know exactly what I would say. I would say, be you. Be you. 
It's not about what others are doing. Only you can make you happy. True enough, we are all a part of this world together. But it starts with self, I'm telling you. I would say spend time getting to know you. Fall in love with yourself. A lot of people always want to find their divine counterpart. They always want love from an exterior factor. Fall in love with yourself first. And I promise you, it, you will start to see life through a magical lens. Every day I wake up, I am open to the wonder of this place we call home, this earth we call home. It's truly a blessing to wake up every day and realize that there are infinite possibilities. There's infinite ways for me to love myself first. There's infinite ways for me to play. Coming back to your inner child is so important. And mixing that with the wisdom, mixing that with the self-knowledge and all these aspects combined allow you to truly live every day like it's the last day, but it's also the best day of your life. So I would tell the collective, just be yourself and fully unapologetically be you and have fun. We are not here to suffer. We are not here to just pay bills and, and, and just go to work, come home, sleep, do whatever you do for pleasure, and then repeat cycle. No, truly try new things every single day. Learn more about the world around you. Learn more about yourself. Learn more about yourself, your light body, your emotional body, your energetic body. That's what I would say. Be yourself. Be yourself and, and have fun every single day and just be easy on yourself. Talk to yourself. Be kind to yourself. And that will be reflected back to, to everyone you meet because we are all just each other's reflection. Dre, I honestly have tears in my eyes right now. Just felt that deep in my heart. And it is a powerful message, a simple, powerful, beautiful message. It's simple, man. It's simple. It always is. And I just want to thank you, Dre, for, for holding it down where you're doing Thank it. And you. I, you're welcome, brother. And I know that everybody that comes in contact with your spirit is going to be lifted and elevated. And I'm honored to have you as a guest on Monk on the Mountain. Everybody at home, check out Dre the channel, D-R-E-T-H-E channel on Instagram and TikTok. Throw him some love. Give him a like. Let him know you saw him out here on Monk on the Mountain. And everyone at home, love yourself. Love the light when it shines on you. Love the wind when it blows. Love everything that you are fortunate enough to experience. Every shape and form and every person on the path. Every person that exists within you. Because it starts with the self. I love you all. And I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monk on the Mountain podcast. If you or anyone you know would like to share your spiritual experiences on our show, you can send us an email at themonkonthemountain at gmail.com. If you'd like to inquire about spiritual training sessions or see more of our work, you can visit oneworldpeace.online. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow Sean Energy at one underscore world underscore peace.
Love and blessings.